Welcome everyone to Underworld Party. And we are here today with Clarissa Gunawan, who um, is a peer, a acquaintance, and I really, um, I really enjoy uh, sort of watching their own progress and uh, they're gonna unpack some of that context that they're in. But I want to say that the theme for these, uh, this episode and a few of the other episodes that are gonna come out around the same time is uh, beyond land acknowledgement. So we're gonna be getting into what is land acknowledgement? How do we actually go beyond the kind of corporate guilt speak of like naming land, but and get into the real like meat of land offerings, actually being with the land as people, as practitioners, as kin of the land, and just getting beyond the whole Cartesian nonsense that we have, which is the current land acknowledgement, in my opinion. So that's what we're going to get into today, beyond land acknowledgement, part one with Clarissa Gunawan. Clarissa, hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm super glad. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, and I think this is just a really good entryway to talking about it. Um, if you wouldn't mind, sort of like, let's like, what's your context? Mm. Um, I would say I have a really, <laughs> probably the majority of modern people can resonate with my context, which is, I still am holding down a nine to five corporate job, which at the moment in I'm in Melbourne, Australia, or um, the name of the land is Bunwurrung country. Um, and we're in lockdown at the moment. So what that looks like is it's just working from home, um, doing the corporate thing. But in my spare time, I am also um, a student at the School of Shamanic Womancraft. And at the moment, I would describe myself as coming home to my Taoist ancestors through Liu Ming, who um, there introduced me to, and it has been the biggest blessing of my life. I can say that honestly. Um, I, he's come to me in dreams. I've never actually met him in, in waking life, but it is the perfect kind of scenario for meeting this teacher that I've been calling in. Um, and I can't idolize him. I can't, he's not here in physical form. Um, and it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful poetry. Great. Yeah, I'm um, right, Liu Ming. So, you know, that's both of our teachers and I met him once and then he died. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally like two months after I met him. So, um, so that's very real. And then we share that kind of study of his transmission, essentially. Mm. Um, and of course, maybe I'll do a whole podcast on looming and that'd be pretty awesome. Oh, yes. We get, we'll get Aaron and we'll get everybody on, <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get everybody on the podcast <laughs> to talk about looming. Um, but I also just giving people more context. So you've got this nine to five um what area like what what area is it like what kind of industry mm. so interestingly it's banking and financial services mm -hmm. um 
And I was just thinking about how in our Western cosmology, we value so much the material and the economy is so material and it's about material purchases. But actually in the banking and financial services industry, a lot of it is so immaterial. There is like the invisible hand of supply and demand. There is, if the market expectations wants the stock to go up, it will go up. There is something like incredibly intangible, even in what we think is material. So yeah, I mean, that's the industry that I'm in. I do risk management, which um, just means I try to minimize the risks in banking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a way in which you're already seeing the animism inherent in these kinds of strangely mutated mm. you know, places, right? Like this mutated, like banking, oh, this like demon of money, but like on some level, it's like, it's all quantum, right? Like there's a spirit of money, there's a spirit of banking, you know, like, yeah. like said, the invisible hand. It's like, yeah, okay. That's... <laughs> even the way, the, even the way insurance works, it's like you are predicting something. It's a, it's a divination of a future event. And, and Ming says, you know, the two human practices that has been um, morphed and mutated from our divination and healing. Right. You're either doing one or two of those things, you know, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> <Right>. just. <laughs> it's basic. <laughs> Great. Cool. Mm. And you're also a mom, yeah? Yes. I have two beautiful boys, um, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Mm. Great. Right. So that's some great context. And um, you said you were on the, you know, the land of the, what was it again? The Bunwurung people. Bunurung, and uh, that's mm -hmm. so-called Melbourne. And mm -hmm. your people are from, is, is am I correct, in Indonesia and beyond? Is that true? Yeah. So my ancestors are Chinese diaspora that have settled in Indonesia, married into the local Javanese a little bit. So that's my DNA in, yeah. in my blood. But, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I like it. And, you know, I like it because it's real that, like, we are, like, sourcing from all these rivers right and then there is still a place pre originating those rivers which we could call Taoism but we as we both know there's a pre-Taoism too mm. you know? and I I'm wondering you know because you're in the you know the shamanic school of womancraft I have a sense that that sort of tries to get to that pre-originary place in which like mostly females mostly females were what we would call shamans or medicine mm. people back before there was organized religions mm. it, am i correct in that or you know how, yeah. how correct yeah absolutely so the the teaching basically is that before even um yeah before organized religion but way before that i think the setting is like um, 7,000, 8,000 years ago, we, we all lived shamanically and there's different evidences that show this all over the world, but that the woman was the original shaman because she, her body was the portal that birthed the other, from the other place to this place. Right. Mm. Right. Yes. Right. And so we have like those caves and womb and, and then the the structures that were built that were in the shape of a vulva and 
and all of the like like what well, even even the word like vulva and the the norse kind of shamanic seer that had a staff that was like very close to the word vulva right like mm. like so there's something here about like the phallus and the yoni and the cave and the who comes out of the cave and mm. all of that like from the dark world to the light world and all of that kind of thing mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um i want to get into the sort of the the meat of the the theme here which is beyond land acknowledgement which is which is where I'm really fascinated to go with like, you're in the corporate world and you're in this sort of like modern shamanic world. And you're also trying to rediscover this kind of Taoist, you know, mm. cosmology. So you have these kind of three worlds in your life. And how are you seeing or experiencing land acknowledgements in all of those areas, like in your mm. school of womancraft, but also in your corporate sector? with the DEI mm. stuff that everyone's doing. <laughs> yeah. And the DEI stuff, interestingly, in, in so-called Australia here is so new. It's still so in its infancy that sometimes I think you would look at us down under and, and think, wow, have they not even spoken about that? It, it It's so new. Um, but yeah, I would say that the... It reminds me of what I just heard Ming say again, which is about, we need to understand our cosmology. A lot of Western people or modern people think we don't have one, that we're modern. So we believe in science or we believe in the in progress and, and what this world is, is the real world. And in the past they were primitive, but in this world that we live in, it's really important to understand that. And that's been the key for me to unpacking it, which is why I'll go on and on about the cosmology because I didn't know I had a cosmology. I, I grew up Christian. This is also a really interesting mix in, in Indonesia that all of the Chinese Indonesians are Christian. And then the indigenous ha have also lost their, but they're majority Muslim. It's like a 95% um, Islamic country. So there's something in there too with the, uh, I'm not going to go into that because I haven't analyzed that enough, but right. it's this cosmology of modernity and what does that mean? And I think to me, what makes sense the most is that it is a Western cosmology, um, very much foundationally Christian. Um, and I know so much about that. I used to be a worship leader at church. So I've done the whole Bible school thing. I, I know what it's like to worship at church and feel, you know, that fourth eye vision in, in the cosmology of the five eyes, like that it is real and, and everyone has access to it. But the, mo the modern cosmology that um, is important and Ming calls it, you know, creationism, materialism. Um, but this creationist cosmology, he says, we were speaking in it because we're speaking English. So it's really important to understand that we have a creationist cosmology and that we're using a creationist cosmology to understand a shamanic cosmology. So there's always going to be, um, it's going to come close, but then there are some things that can't be translated like chi right. or, you know, like it's, we call it energy but it's not a it's not a thing like energy is so it, it's something that is 
um, for me, really eye-opening. And this, this, this understanding that I have that, you know, I, I translate that when land acknowledgement is done in the corporate world, it's very much, very much still this creationist cosmology is, is underneath that. So we're still thinking we are the perpetrator. There is a God that looks like a human that's created this world. So now we're saying, oh, I know that you're here now, land, and I acknowledge you, land, um, because I'm the perpetrator. I'm, I'm the character in this, in this English language. I think it, it's important to start there because where else do we start? We have to start where we are, right? And, and the modern cosmology is the one that permeates the world at the moment, for better or for worse. It is the one that a lot of um, there's a lot of countries want to be catch up to the West, you know. So we have to acknowledge that there is an unconscious or subconscious belief that that is the right one at the moment, or you know. Um, right. So trying to unpack that means just acknowledging it first. Right. Mm. Right. And how do you see land acknowledgement coming from this sort of creationist place? Um, I think that's where we can feel that it's not quite there. It's kind of trying to translate chi as energy. It's like this, it's like this, yeah, it's kind of right, but there's something that's that's not uh it's not there yet because it's it's the beginning, you know, it's like the the first of the yeah, let's let's see where we are. Like this is where we are. It's kind of like to me looking at your cosmology is like touching the ground and, and feeling, okay, this is the carpet that I'm on. Right. And then the next step is like, okay, how do I, what do I actually believe? What do I, what do not believe, but like, what is the reality that, that I'm experiencing and what is the view that I want to um, right. agree with? Yeah. Or yeah. Right. Like really questioning and examining, maybe even interrogating these kinds of like, uh, presuppositions in our own language center right like like the presupposition mm. in english is subject object right mm. like that's yeah. what english has become is like there are subjects and then there are non-subjects which we call objects yeah. so so already we're in a presupposition where our very language and the associations and shared definitions with that language are generally about thingifying Mm. Right? Like making beings into things, right? Yes. Right? And it yeah. makes kind of a weird sense that like, if there was an all-powerful God that was human, like, because we've seen toddlers do this, right? Like toddlers are very much like able to flip the script very easily where like, either they're talking to a stuffed animal like it's real, and then, but then they can turn that into them being like the god of the stuffed animal and it's just a stuffed mm. animal you know what i mean like so there is something really interesting about the flexibility of the human psyche to both interrelate very vividly mm. like like oh everything's alive and it's like whoa and then to also just deaden it like quick like boom mm. and that's that object yeah. and permanence that children have where if they don't see something it doesn't exist it right yeah yeah. So we have that 
in our psyche. And I imagine that that's not necessarily so new, like that was latent in the human being, like even mm. 8,000 years ago, there was clearly this capacity to sort of dream in different ways, maybe you could mm. say, right? Like perceive, to actually have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to perceive like really vastly different dreams that were almost mm. like on top of each other, you know? Yeah. And, and mm. yeah, so, so when land acknowledgement's done in this DEI way, it's very much like a kind of script that we're invoking. We're, we're saying a prayer, but we're not yeah. feeling the prayer. Yeah. Right? We're saying it, but we're not like really like feeling it. And how does this relate to like both your time as a Christian worship leader? Because I really truly believe there's magic. There's some Kundalini shit happening over there. You know, that's real. <laughs> yeah. Like I've seen people have the Holy Ghost. I'm like, I know what that's like. Mm. Um, I you can feel it. It's like a yeah. charge. Um, but then also like in the shamanic woman craft. So so tell me a bit more about land acknowledgement from both of these other maybe more sacred, let's mm. just say more sacred areas that you've experienced. Yeah, I mean, I think. So I'll describe the land acknowledgement that we do in the in the school when we gather, which is, um, you know, first of all, you put your hands on the ground, you acknowledge where you are, um, and then you call in the directions, you know, of, um, and then we we say a little prayer to the direction, and that I I see you, and it, it's it's um, associative thinking, which is very similar to very actually the same as Taoist. Um, cosmology which is that the north is the season of the mother it's peak energy and and then um east is the wood which is the beginning so that's the maiden energy so it goes maiden mother and then crone which is west to south um so when you call in the directions you're also calling in your grandmothers you're calling in the maidens so there's this beautiful kind of yeah it's not just about the direction is one thing it also it's also the element of of the element of fire and it's also the season of mother um creativity the the energy of fertility right. so i've found that such a beautiful and again this is where i think it's the sham, shamanic roots of a lot of wisdom traditions have this commonality um because i see it in ming's teachings in, of taoism and, and in um you know the the five elements um, in Chinese cosmology, which is a bit different to the four elements um, in Vedic, but yeah, it, it's associative. So when you're actually doing the land acknowledgement, you're contextualizing yourself, but it's not about yourself. It's about the time and the space that is meeting at the moment in this in the currentness of the now. It's like, what is the energy all around me that is my context? Um, the other part, obviously, that we're reclaiming, and I think it's so important, is the is the um, bleeding aspect. So some, so we've been taught that you know women obviously have a menstrual cycle, and that um, it is such a sacred act to collect your blood and bleed onto the earth, and to give it back onto the earth. And this is, again, a commonality that I've heard in, in Ming's teachings as well, because he talks about um, there's a there's a class where he talks about all the shamanic tools. Uh, one of them is liquor, actually, which is spirit. And he says, 
you know, um, that shamans used to use liquor or spirit, which is like when you, liquor is basically called spirit because you try to take the essence of it out of the drink. Um, and then you give it back into the land as an offering because agriculture, because they understood, the shamans understood that agriculture was such an offense to the land. But we negotiated agriculture with the land so that they could be more humans. They could be more of us. So as an offering, so it's almost this deep, like, this is what it means to me at the moment to be in relationship with the land. It's, it's not just, I acknowledge that you're here. You've always been here. They don't, they, you know, that's, that's kind of the creationist cosmology beginning. And then the next step is, okay, what's the history of this land that I'm on? And why am I offering blood to it? Why am I offering liquor or spirit or milk? on top of it because it's something that signifies the relationship between us right Mm. right i'm i'm curious how you think about that in a transactional or non-transactional way also being in the banking world (laughs) you know what i mean like like well because there's such a large there's such a large practice of shamanism which is essentially like making bargains with spirits right Right. And, and also there's a place beyond that bargaining. Like we know there's a place and yet we have to acknowledge that agriculture demanded some kind of tithing, like some mm. kind of real payment of debt to the land. Right. Mm. So, how, yeah. Do you have any thoughts and, and feelings on that? I don't. I'm sure that there, you know, I think again, it's that cosmology, if I was to do it, you know, and you can see the difference between when someone is doing it transactionally, you know, for example, I've been in many land acknowledgements in the corporate world where they have this script and they can't deviate from it. And they are so uncomfortable saying it, usually white males that are the banking executives, like traditional. And today we're going to talk about, you know, like there's even a difference in, they're so uncomfortable holding that um, what they don't believe in, you know, but that they know they have to do it. So I, I would call that transactional. Okay. And I'm sure that there are lots of shamanic pres- practitioners that do it that way when they are offering to the land, but it, it's, it's unexplainable though. I, I don't know um, how to, you know, I think Ming says that there's, of all of the isms that he studied, like shamanism is his, you know, he, he knows that it's true and that he doesn't care that there's like 200 false shamanic practitioners. You will find the one good one. You know, I think it's because it's robust in terms of sure. the teaching and the foundation. Whereas there's, you know, of course, there's going to be a lot of creationist shamans right because they haven't done the work to understand how to understand what their view of the world is which we were never taught that like before i I listened to me i was like yeah we're never taught that there's a view and a method and a fruition like we just are taught the method and the fruition 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 you know results 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 like what is the result um so yeah it's a big unlocking of the secret for me Right. And when you're giving 
blood or milk or other honey, whatever. Like I'm, I'm super interested in the, the experience you're having when you're giving these sacred nutrients to the land in your sort of, you know, in your crafthood mm. and how that feels. And if it's not transactional, what would you call it? Mm. I would call it, I go into ritual, you know, or it's like a ceremony because a, a big part of um, that whole process is also for women anyway, not being ashamed of our blood, which has been <laughs> decades or centuries ingrained into all of us. That's right. Um, I have, I have a sister in Jakarta who's very modern and like, it's funny. She looks at me and she's like, uh, what are you doing? And then she's like, okay, that's fine that you do that, but just please don't put blood on your face. You know, like that's what she, it's this, like, we have such a shame of blood and like the fact that it's, it's actually this. So that's why I go into ritual and I go into ceremony and I do call the directions and, you know, all of those skills of it's not, just me pouring blood which is transactional you know like it's not here you go here's my offering right. um but it's like this yeah like a, a relationship mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. and so what do you feel when you do all that ritual and you're in that and then the act comes where the blood goes in the ground mm. <sighs> there is um I would almost call it, you know, in the five eyes cosmology. It's like when you're doing that and you're in ritual, which is kind of a, a mini trance, right? It's yeah. it's like you're checking out and you're doing something and you're receiving. I, I actually receive visions. Uh, the other part of my contact is um I'm an Akashic Records reader in my spare time. Yeah. And, and when the blood goes into the ground, um, I, I used to risk like you, there's a depth, there's almost like a stillness in between the activity that happens. It's like almost like fifth eye glimpse of that. You can't talk about it, but it's something that is like, yeah, it's, nature looking at itself in the like i am a piece of nature yeah. and i'm looking at the big nature right 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 and you get that sort of like direct reflection which is very hard to quantify with language mm. right yeah exactly yeah, for sure and like you said there's a stillness and that means that time like you're experiencing time differently mm. yeah Right. Because that's also another thing of like understanding about cosmology and how different cosmologies, I think they fundamentally perceive time mm. in a different way. Yeah. So it's interesting that like something so fundamental, like as fundamental as gravity, perhaps even more fundamental than gravity mm. um, is actually can be perceived differently depending on your view. Mm. Right. And which how much is 
I was going to say it's bizarre because <laughs> nobody refutes gravity. <laughs> right. 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 So, I think it, it it's very um, it's very telling of how limiting the Western cosmology of creation is creationist cosmology can be because if you believe there was a a time called creation and that was before now and that was in the beginning and now we're after that then then time is linear obviously because that was before creation creation was big creation everything was created and then now is like after that because we're all here but that is how do we explain that because it's not our actual experience like right. yeah right there's some way in which like stories are so powerful that they literally change our sensations right it's mm -hmm. like if you tell a kid that time is linear they will start to experience time as linear and they yes will, they will start to have sensations and perceptions mm -hmm. that are uh that sort of fit themselves into that story right it's mm -hmm. like so, and that means all the other phenomenon or the other textures of their experience that don't fit that cosmology mm. somehow just get like thrown in some weird pile in the dream, mm. right? Like they're mm. just, they're just not, they're, they're, because then they can't assign any labels or words to them because we don't even have a languaging to describe the sort of texture of time being nonlinear, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And this is this this goes to the banking world as well as what I said, like if the market expects something to happen, it will happen. So there is a, such a strong power in our expectations and our view, because like I remember being a Christian um, woman and, and thinking like, oh, yeah, I understand this up to a point. I, I understand why I have to be good and blah, 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 and that I do want to go to heaven. But then I had, I did ask all those questions. What are we going to do in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever? <laughs> like that, that's not, you know, like, don't you get bored singing with the angels all the time for all of the time? Like <laughs> it, and that's just not our experience, you know, like it's not linear because linear, linearity implies like, that when you change a course it you'll stay that the same way or like when you know i think ming describes it as um you think things are linear try being angry at someone and then just wait because soon you won't be or try being really really happy and then just wait because soon you won't be that is our actual experience like just like gravity is it we don't have to deny it it's it's not like right. you know i get into a rage and then the next day i'm like oh you know it, it just it, it it's the actual experience right right yeah mm -hmm. and it's it's interesting that like there must have been a a soothing reason why the creationist sort of story was so kind of catchy right mm. kind of like it's kind of like a pop song you can't stop singing or something you know mm. um, for some people clearly so clearly it 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 soothes some kind of existential angst or something right yeah but i do think that like 
what what is happening now with the kind of like return to something because also what we're saying is that like animism didn't go anywhere mm. we're saying yeah. that like animism and shamanism didn't end mm -hmm. which you know like because we think like oh that was the past and those were the primitives and now we're here and we're so much smarter but we can't even figure out how the pyramids were made you know so like whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you know but but it's interesting to me um that like if things just are constantly cycling and they're happening simultaneously then all of these ways of being are happening now so that means creation is mm. happening now, right so that like creation yep. is a kind of creation is not even an event mm -hmm. it's like this idea that events are like these moments that have beginnings and endings so now we have to think oh crap so now when i think of things i'm thinking that things have a beginning a middle and an end like a good movie right yeah yeah exactly but we realize that our actual experience of things like what you're talking about has no beginning middle and end because you can't find any of them mm. you can't ever like you can you can arbitrarily but that's this is the catch right you can arbitrarily if you're very stuck in the hook of the story you can arbitrarily determine beginnings and endings yeah but that that actually is i think that's the actual problem with like land acknowledgement is that you're determining that there was a time when like the animistic mm. landness ended and colonization began yes and you're like wait no actually it's just like that's you can't it's like there's there's something where you start to grind to a weird like googly place because the colonists are like there's beginnings middle and ends and we're mm. here now and we don't ever want to end so it's infinite progress forever and mm. you know it's this weird like and we're going to heaven too and like heaven's this yeah. thing that's up there you know it's like this weird like okay whatever but when you realize that when you when you're asking someone to read a land acknowledgement mm. it's the very first step in sort of fucking with that script yeah like beginnings and endings and like arbitrary my arbitrary measurements why are you not why is why is why why is my experience not fitting into my arbitrary story about reality right mm. and so the land acknowledgement is like the first baby step i think in sort of you know maybe decolonizing the imaginary the colonial imaginary right it's like because mm -hmm. the because coloniz colonization is a sort of fantasy story that they're telling you know everyone's telling this fucking story about progress and whatever you know this fantasy of like betterness right yeah and then and then we have this sort of eruption of actual equity and actual solidarity which means listening to other people whose worldviews are actually fundamentally not the same storyline mm. and yet we're on the same fucking planet feeling gratitude <laughs> together right yes so you have yeah. to wreck so you have to start to reconcile that the story you're telling yourself about the world is not the same as the actual world mm. mm -hmm. and then the animistic and shamanistic way to deal with that confusion is not necessarily to dominate the world but to have this kind of reciprocal relational ritual this reciprocal ritual relationship with it right mm. Yeah. like the seasons are coming and i don't even understand what that means and the moon is doing this thing and i don't understand mm -hmm. yet 
I can feel the stability in all those lines of relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And if I can give my blood or the spirit of the wine or the grapes, you know, back to the earth in this kind of concentrated form, I'm essentially saying thank you to this kind of strange thing that I find myself inside of, right? Mm. And participating in it. And part, not, that's, the, that's the other thing is that, yeah. is that beyond land acknowledgement for me is can the corporate world as entities, because it's, we even talk about corporate mm. entities. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like how and they fucking, are. How fucking witchy, you know, like how spirit, <laughs> yeah. that's totally spirit craft, right? Like it's like, oh, corporate entities and you just decided they're humans because you wrote it on a piece of paper. Mm. I mean, that's mm -hmm. straight up you know, like that's just like bonkers magic, right? It's like, oh, okay. yeah. But can the corporate world in that kind of way start to participate in a way that's not just this kind of, like w the beyond land acknowledgement for me is what we're talking about here is when, when the corporate entities actually have to participate in the actual mm. worlding of the world, right? Yeah. Instead of just extract, because what we have now is essentially vampires mm -hmm. sucking sucking resources from the land, literally extracting precious minerals and water and yeah. diamonds and whatever, extracting energy, chi, right? <laughs> extracting mm -hmm. yeah. chi, and then and then trying to keep it in like this mm. in these partitions right like banking is all about that right like yes. i've extracted chi and now i'm keeping it in this bank account which is essentially digital zeros and ones in a yes. coded it's a coded cave yeah i can like hold my golden chi inside of right so which is invisible sense, it yeah, literally right. is it's invisible wealth that then gets you make more money out of invisibleness yes Right. It, it is so animist. It's not even funny. It's right. like, right. but yes, you're right. I think that that's the issue. And that's why I go back to, can you ever go beyond land acknowledgement? If you were still so afraid of looking at your own cosmology, because if you continue to operate within the creationist materialist view, which even your own experience, even in banking, you don't have to be spiritual. You can still be selling products to neurotics and and just have the ability to self-reflect. Like, is this money real that I'm banking in there? Like, I'm not even looking at it. It's not material for me. It's not in my wallet. <laughs> like, so if they can do that and, and reflect, then it can go beyond because it's like, we're stuck in a very childish cosmology. It's like the cosmology that you would teach to a child so that they're not afraid. Right. right. And that's why the whole toddler thing makes sense. Like I have kids of my own, like they get really afraid at things that they don't understand. So you give them a story that there is a beginning, there is a middle and a happy ending. Yes. Yeah. But I like I, you know, there's so much that we can do even just, you know, I let them look at death, like a family cat died and we did a ceremony and I let them hold the dead body, like it's so important for them to understand that death is part of life. As soon as you're alive, you will be dead <laughs> yes. and you'll be alive again. And you'll be dead again. And like, right. yeah. So yeah. it's the cosmology again for me. It's like such an important, it's such an, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, Ming says in his Tao Te Ching um, translation, 
the Taoist lens is just one lens of understanding the reality of what we're in. There's so many other lenses that you can apply. And for me, that's why shamanism is so robust, because we know that it, it was practiced all over the world, not just in China or Central Asia. Right. Right. Mm. right. And I, I, I really am with you there because, you know, it's like, shamanism is now a catchphrase that isn't necessarily even the thing that is the practice right yeah and obviously like we have to touch on that like shamanism in the 70s and the 60s and 70s was sort of co-opted by what's his name white guy and and everything yeah. you know shamanism this that and obviously shamanism is a kind of word for a practitioner practicing these kinds of things that was from you know uh, ancient siberia not even that ancient, you know, just, just not, just pre-modern, just not yeah. rationalism. And, you know, like, and we have this kind of animistic, shamanistic, witchcraftian human practice. So again, mm -hmm. we, we, if we think we're other than that, we already are in a weird cosmology. Mm. Because when did, when did animism end? It didn't. Did when I? did witch when did witchcraft end it's like people go well there were all these witch trials and it, it ended because the spanish inquisition it's like that's impossible like mm. like there is no there's just a kind of that's that's just a narrative war that's like a culture war where you can kind of corrupt a person's narrative and get them to be subservient to you like that's mm -hmm. what that is. It's like a cosmological narrative battle. It's like whose story is gonna be stronger, like the winners write the history books. Well, it's not that you really won anything. It's just that you oppressed people and then you just made a story about it. That was really nice, mm -hmm. you know? And I think yeah. we have to understand that like, even that is a kind of shamanism because the mm. ancient shamans were trying to tell stories that got the rain to fall mm. or tell stories that got the fish to return because they were hungry so so even baked into the human experience was this kind of like well can i tell the story that brings the food can i tell the story that mm. lets the baby be born and not die when they're born you know like it's very mm -hmm. real that like singing is a story and you sing and then the vibrations help the mother give birth right it's like it's yeah. real it's like it's not like we've taken language and even objectified language when language itself is this kind of like well what do you want to do you know it's mm -hmm. like very open right like language is very open it's an open system mm -hmm. which again is why shamanism is so robust because it's also an open system Yes. It's not closed because mm. if you experience something, you can relate with it. Therefore, you can actually like either get it to be on your side or get it, you know, get it to mm. leave you alone or like whatever you are trying to do or whatever mm. you decide is, you know, what you want to try. And that the thing about these cosmologies, too, is that like capitalism and Christianity and, and creationist stories they try to be closed systems mm, and it's yeah. like, and it's like at some level, 
you have to open up all closed systems and return to something that is actually so robust that it can hold all your contradictions. Yes, exactly. And all your paradoxes. Yep. And all your confusion and all your I don't know and all your like, but how can that and that be true at the same time? It has to be able to hold all of that. And yes. Still, and the, the nice thing about it is that like, the reason that it works is because if it didn't, we could just turn off gravity with our freaking story. Yes, exactly. But we can't, but we can't. Yeah. <laughs> so but there is, yeah, there is a reality that is, that is just reality. That is not like part of a tradition or a belief system or, you know, just like gravity. I was, as you said that, I was just thinking about how, how can, what I love so much about, you know, the Taoism that is um, that Ming teaches is it makes me be able to see that, and that's what all humans should be able to see. Because in the in the uh, tradition of the Five Eyes that he talks about, for example, there is there is a fourth eye that is our vision eye. You know, this is this is where all the great religions like usually just one or two men receive this, you know, open their fourth eye and they receive the vision and the story. To say that it's real or not real is like just a stupid question because they receive the vision. But the thing is what what tends to happen in our creationist cosmology world is when, um, you know, the Chinese um, term for it is that there's a sea of wisdom when you have your fourth eye open. And everyone has access to the sea of wisdom, everyone, because we are nature. We're like a chunk of nature, Tao itself. So we can look at the Tao whenever we want to. So, but the problem is that when some people access the sea of wisdom in the way that they did, they then preach because, because we exist in a salvational cosmology, they then preach that that is the only way to access the sea of wisdom. I, so I've actually learned how to read the Akashic Records from a woman who preaches that it is the Pleiadians that um, that that uh, are the gatekeepers to the records. <laughs> and I shit you not though, dear, like I had a reading from her and it was the most beautiful, like, of course I believed in it straight away because I, and then I went into this weird, like, do I believe in the Pleiadians? I've never thought I was a star seed. I'm becoming like this. It's because she accessed the sea of wisdom in that way. Of course it's real, but that's not how I access the sea of wisdom. But that's the beauty about having an open system is it explains that when in your moment of death, when you die and you go into the second transitory state, which is the fourth eye, like it's a bit flipped, but um, yeah. Um, that is the vision that you'll see. So if you're a Christian and, and um, you know, a really devout Christian or Catholic, in your moment of death, Ming talks about his grandmother, she had a complete death experience because she believed in that, that she she saw Jesus and, and the Virgin Mary in the second transitory state. And this woman that I learned the Akashic Records from, she will see the Pleiadians, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. so, so, so yeah, so that that kind of made me, like that is the reality of my experience is I see all of these people, they are doing real work with real fruition, but it doesn't have to be one way. It never is like that. That's just 
the truth right I mean, it fascinates me because it's like this is this to me feels like the to be continued part with this series is that like and I have love that you've like broken it open like this because it's like there are an infinite number of pathways to this place that is the origin of all these pathways. Mm. And it's like it's interesting that we as little human chunks of Tao are like so hell-bent on like propping up the path like it's like it's like we get attached to the delivery mechanism of the food mm. but not the food mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like so <laughs> yeah. so it's like i got given this great gift but now i'm preaching about the only way to get that gift is these mm. steps that i was given because that's how i did it versus yeah. I call it like the burning boat thing, which is like all my beliefs, all my opinions, all my experiences, all my ideas are like burning boats that just get me to the other side. Mm. You know, it's mm -hmm. like I'm on this fucking sea going from island to island and that's a lifetime, right? Or whatever you can, it's whatever time you want it to be, but the boat like the boat's burning and sinking and just as i reach the other shore it's fucking under it's gone yeah but what i see everyone doing and of course i've had this experience myself is like trying to save the boat mm. because you think that the boat's gonna like get you rich or something like oh i need this boat or if else people won't believe me or like oh my god but really it's like but it got you to where you need to go so like who gives a shit yeah you know and, and i think that we're living in this world where like everyone's just constantly like protecting these boats that are constantly on fire mm -hmm. because the universe is essentially saying yo it's like i don't care like you can just get another boat just there's a million boats it's just come, there's a boat every second yeah and yeah. they're all on fire you know and it's like a kind of mario game where you're like jumping from cliff you know and they're just falling off behind you yeah. like, you know yeah. like you're just like yeah but it's interesting that we we have sort of internalized a cosmology where the vehicle is the destination and that's not true mm. the medium is the message is like yeah, all the, of that stuff yeah. right like all yeah. of that stuff and it's like and it's interesting that like that probably has a deep reflective like the sea of wisdom reflecting mm -hmm. itself it's like the dream is dreaming the dream and we're in this hall yeah. of mirrors right and it's like yeah am i seeing you or am i seeing a reflection of you am i seeing a reflection yeah. of myself it's like i don't fucking know like what like i i had this yeah. experience a lot when i was a kid and i'm sure many people have of like really being like how do i know that i'm alive right now mm. like how do i know that my experience isn't happening in a in a comatose state somewhere you know, like, how do I, like, if you ask that question, the answer you get is, I don't fucking know. Yeah. It's like, like the butterfly already, dream. I, yeah, I could be dead or I could be like, I could be a holographic, I could be an AI program in the future. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and if you're in an animistic cosmology, all of it's valid. And it doesn't mm -hmm. even matter because everything's alive. Electrons are alive and protons and carbon. So like, who gives a mm -hmm. shit? Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is like, if I am a hologram, who cares? Because it's all burning boats. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going here. Oh, now I'm over there. Now the mm. quantum entanglement is happening. So and 
the funny thing about gravity is that like we can believe we're from the Pleiades system, but we're still like having real consequences right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, it's like going beyond land acknowledgement is recognizing that the stories we tell have impacts. So if you mm -hmm. tell a creationist story, you're going to have creationist problems. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you have to somehow recognize that like you can play with that whole thing of like story crafting and whatever you can play with that to actually create better impacts mm. right you can you can go beyond land acknowledgement because land acknowledgement is essentially the first chapter of a new mythology right yeah but then what's the second chapter yeah yeah exactly and of course just like we read a story we let go of the first chapter and we go to the second chapter we let go we go okay that happened and now it's over here <laughs> but then understanding too it's like we go on this journey and probably at the end of the journey we realize we never really began and we never really ended mm. yeah and exactly. that's that non-dual thing where like you and i both enjoy ming because ming is able to talk so clearly about the actual experience that we're all actually having and most mm. of the time we just try to forget about it yes <laughs> like, i don't want yeah. i don't want to <laughs> go there but but i find that that's the death practice for me is recognizing that as i die all of my stories beliefs all of my reasons and justifications all of my traumas all of my memories they will fucking start to dismantle themselves <laughs> yes. you know like yeah. all of my reasons for my identity the things that i like the things that i don't like they will start to fucking like warp and mutate and compost and then yeah. you are left with only that felt sense that is that fifth eye right mm -hmm. exactly because in the fifth eye you don't need words to navigate no yeah and that's the thing. or a body or right. Right. yeah and right. you don't want to bite down so hard in attachment to those things that you were saying that will be dismantled anyway, because that's what gets you to the hell realm. <laughs> if you're biting down so hard, like, <sighs> yeah, so let's not bite down so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's great. Well, this has been a wonderful talk. Um, is there anything you'd like to say? To close, to close our little conversation today for all the people that are listening to this in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, blessings mm -hmm. to you and all your relations. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, all the pertinent information will be lifted in the show notes. Thank you so much, Clarissa. This has been a great talk. I just, I just love it. I just love talking to you. Me it's too. Been a while. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Great.